Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues from Jackson, Michigan, the Bad Mojo Band with Brad Farley will be our guest here. And we'll talk with Brad about his band after we talk about kitty litter. It's really this simple. You buy Kitty's litter box, you open the box, you place litter in the box, introduce the box to your cat. And after the cat has done their business for about a month or so, close the box and throw it away. That's it. You just close the box, grab the handle of this biodegradable box and throw it away. It's perfect for traveling with your favorite feline. It's affordable. It's convenient. It's the one thing I did not like about cats. I don't know how it became my job, but I was the one that was always cleaning the litter box. Well, if Kitty's litter box were around 20 years ago or so, who knows? Maybe I would still have cats. Kitty's litter box, all lowercase, kittyslitterbox.com. Order today. It's perfect. And our guest is just coming over COVID or just a flu? Brad Farley. Just a flu. Just a flu. Yep, just okay. Flu from the kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How you doing, man? How's Michigan? Doing pretty good. How's Michigan? How oh. uh, it's starting to get cold. Deer yeah. season's coming up, so everybody's gearing up for that. All the hunters, and uh, that includes me. So, so where are you on the mitten? I always t- talk to people about Michigan being the mitten. Are you on the thumb? Or are you up at the middle finger? Where are you? That's the great thing about Michigan. You always got the map, and we're south in the middle. Jackson's just almost down. I'm, I'm about probably 20 minutes from the state line of Indiana. Oh, wow. No kidding. Okay. Yeah. So we're uh, moving from Vermont to Missouri every year and back and forth and back and forth. We go through Indiana, but then we don't go up to Michigan. We always right. cut across and then we go up to, you know, but uh, you're a Red Wings fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, certainly. 100%. Well, on, on behalf of Brendan Shanahan, Brett Hall, and Curtis Joseph, my St. Louis Blues, say you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all our best players are generally speaking from somewhere else, although that yeah. might get me uh, run out of town on a rail. But uh, Well, you know, Probert still was Probert, and yeah. Iserman was still Iserman, and Larianoff was still Larianoff. Believe me, I know your team. <laughs> Back oh, yeah, in the- I see that. <laughs> I, I sat, actually, I sat when Jacques Demers was your coach. I sat in his seats once. Oh, wow. No kidding. really cool. We were big friends and fans of Bernie Federico, and a friend of mine was a fan of Bernie Federico's. had a, a regular Friday show when Bernie Federico would come on the air with him. Well, when Jacques Demers was your coach at the trading deadline, he said, get me Federico. Because after Gretzky, Federico was like the assist yeah. captain of the universe, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so my friend Vince called up Bernie and said, get us tickets. He goes, yeah, you want Jacques t- tickets too? So yeah, there's four of us. So here we were, dressed in blues regalia, lower bowl in the corner, Jacques Demir's seats. <laughs> like I don't know what to do here. <laughs> blues did score a goal, but we lost the game three to three to one. And uh, ironically, it was either I think it was Tony McKegney scored the goal, who was one of the guys we traded. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for. yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, okay. that was back in the back in the '90s. That was you know Eiserman, Fedorov. I mean, it was just such a yep. such a dream team. I mean, they're good again now too. Of course, you know I have them as my dark my dark horse team this year. Oh, as really? The ones okay. I, I do. I think they are. They have done some great things. Mm-hmm. Uh, made some great moves and get, acquired some great talent. You know, yeah. drafted and otherwise. So Definitely. we'll see. 
I'll say I'm, I'm about ready to give up my blues already. Ten games in and they're 500. <laughs> hey, look, I'm a Lions fan too, so I'll just leave that there on the table and walk away. <laughs> I, I walked away when they walked away from Dominic Sue. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's when I stopped being a Lions fan. But I, at the same yeah. time, I was when I, I was also a Saints fan. Now I'm all in on the Saints, and they're they're as disappointing as the Giants can be sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. It's a heartbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the first 10 minutes of our show, we talk about sports, and this is a music show. <laughs> the Bad right. Mojo Band, you're a cover band mostly, right? Uh, yeah, although we're moving more toward originals. I mean, we kind of started out as a cover band uh, just to really get gigs more than yeah. anything. Um, you know, the joke. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that meme where it shows... Uh, the tribute band get making all the money and the cover bands like, Oh, you make how much? And then the original bands going, Hey, you guys get paid. So <laughs> we kind of made that uh, decision early on, start out with covers, throw yeah. the original in there and, and kind of grow it from there. Well, it depends on the market too. Like I talked to some, some kids from like uh, in Minneapolis, St. Paul, for example. And if you're playing in the outskirts, you got to play covers. But if you're in town and yeah. you play covers, they say, get out of here. We, you know, if I want to hear Skinner, right. I'll go turn on my radio, you know? So exactly. it, it exactly. depends on the market. And, and Detroit, because of Motown and the history and the mm-hmm. you know, just all the image of the, I mean, you got Ted Nugent came from there, Seeger. So I would oh, yeah. imagine if you get in the bigger cities, there's more encouragement for original music. And in the outskirts, yeah. it's more, if you're <laughs> going to play here, you got to bring me a crowd and play covers. It's about the same. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be And Michigan's kind of a state where um, it can take a while. I mean, they're booked, you know, be a book so far out six months to a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how it is every year, but I've heard other states are, you know, two, three months you can be booked. But, uh, you know, um, it's it's just it's always we tend to do a lot of covers that uh, not all, but a lot of covers that we do that, that different people maybe don't do or maybe like, you know we got a pretty broad variety. Like say Motown is a big influence and mm-hmm. uh, we're pretty much a blues rock band, but we're influenced by a little bit of everything. Who's in the band. I know, uh, so, I know Brad Farley. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's me, Brad Farley. So my nephew, Joel Kennison is the drummer. And then my other nephew, Russ Taylor is the bass player. And so that's kind of how the, uh, it ended up being a family affair, mm-hmm. uh, this band, which was, uh, not, anything i planned for at this stage of my life i just found my way back in music at this point yeah what did you do musically before you got back into it uh well you know i had been uh when i was young i was in and out of a lot of bands of course and got married young had kids young i was a dad at 18 and a husband at 18 so uh music kind of was my passion but went on the back burner for a while and in and out of different bands and uh church playing church in different places still but just as time went on it, it kind of took further and further back seat and then uh kind of made my way back to it as i say uh in my i guess about, about three years ago now two two and a half years or something like that kind of got back into it now behind you the your backdrop screen there's like 24 guitars back there mm-hmm. you are, are is that your collection or is that just a <laughs> no, no, that's just one we pulled from uh, offline. I, I largely these days uh, play Paul Reed Smith's uh, anymore. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I, I had kind of made the switch just for live for a variety of reasons. Uh, not to get too boring or technical, but uh, I'm sure you know. I, I like 
if I have to break a string and switch a guitar, which doesn't always happen, or switch a guitar for a song, you know, your tone, you don't want it to change that much. And PRSs are, uh, they stay in tune for me, for what I play. I love the tone and uh, they're light. And at this point, I used to be a Les Paul guy forever. And, you know, some of these gigs that are three hours long. I just yeah. got to the point where love, love my Les Paul. I ended up giving it to my son. Uh, but I, uh, I actually gave him both the Les Pauls that I had over the years. But anyhow, I switched to a PRS, and that's kind of been my weapon of choice, I guess, ever since. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a McCarty. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. and it and and a Les Paul '69 reissue, and I can play this the and and I don't play them; they play me because I'm not that good. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but it's amazing. Like when every time I pick up one or the other, I'm like, why don't I play this more often? And then I pick yep. up my strat and I'll say, This is why. You know? Yep. yep. And <laughs> but, that's uh, I love a strat. Yeah. Love it. It, it. Well, with your style, I would imagine you you played I I had you pictured as a Les Paul and Strat guy, switching back and forth and back and forth. Was for years. Was yeah. for years. And that was really how I found my way to a PRS. I had uh I had I have still have a really great strat. It's a mahogany limited edition strat. Really? And, uh, but just, it just became more, uh, you know, switching on the fly with not wanting to, and of course, you know, I'm small potatoes, so I don't have roadies or anything like that. So right. I got to grab something that I know is gonna not, not make my volume, you know, make the sound guys hate me and make my volume through the roof and things like that, or, or be buried. And so I just kind of shifted more and more and more. And just like I say, the tone and the feel of those guitars, they, they kind of lay between a Strat and a Les Paul pretty perfectly. Yeah in my opinion well what i like about my mccarty is that uh that that switch i guess you know you can you pull the volume switch out and you go from a humbucker to splits yep. uh it splits the humbucker into single coil yep. so i don't have to switch guitars. Absolutely. you know i can get mm -hmm. that humbucker les paul sound or if i want to play some clapton blues i just mm -hmm. uh, split the humbucker that's what i like about that guitar oh absolutely and, and it's so much lighter but the less the less Paul just did. The less Paul literally yep. takes my hand and says, No, go here. No, go here. No, here. No. Yep. yep. And it that's does right. a lot faster than I can. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Who uh I guess since you're the senior member, because these are that's your your son and nephew. So you make the, um, the songs my two songs? nephews. Yeah, my son nephews. actually was in the band at one point, but he went through some things in life and just yeah. had to step away. Uh so we were a four piece and now we're a trio. We've been a trio for I guess about the last year. Who are your biggest influences growing up and who are, who were your biggest influences growing up musically and who are they now? I guess uh, to start with, I kind of had my holy trinity of guitar players. It was uh, Eddie Van Halen, Joe Satriani and Stevie Ray Vaughan. And of course with others, Steve Vai and a lot of the shredders from the eighties. Uh, but then being, you know, I had an older brother uh, who turned me on to a lot of the, you know, you go back to Clapton and then you go back to, uh, uh, you know, obviously Jimi Hendrix. I mean, and then all roads kind of take you back. Being from Motown, you got everything Motown. But then I kind of discovered things like Muddy Waters and Buddy yeah. Guy, things like that. You know, you kind of find the, the genesis of the music, really. Uh, and then, you know, then you kind of come back full circle. Today, I, I'm a big fan of like Joe Bonamassa. Um, I love Derek Trucks, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of players and and uh you know there's just a lot but i kind of find myself still i i was on a huge rye cooter kick for the longest time and oh no kidding uh, yeah yeah just uh you know but i'll do that i'll i'll kind of go through down a rabbit hole and yeah, uh no that's where i am with the beatles right now believe it or oh, not right on right on I, and, uh, uh, I can listen to motown one day and then the next day i'm on an alter bridge kick and i'm listening to all their albums to work out to 
I swear to God, dude, we, if we sat down side by side with our Spotify playlist, we would say, yeah, I got that. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, I got that. Exactly. Well, Johnny Cash, uh, I, we do a version of a uh, Folsom Prison Blues that I always preface it by saying, don't, th- don't th- start stoning us until you hear this song, because it's uh-huh. it's a punk rock, rock version almost of Folsom oh, Prison. Oh, really? Yeah, my drummer, my he he said he said listen to this rhythm. I said, man, it's really cool, and it's 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 a hustle. It's about 120 BPMs per minute. And he wow. said he said I want to do Folsom this way. And I said, what? And he said, yeah. So we we did it, and it and it it rocks. It it boogies. You know, people like it. So that's fun. <laughs> when that's my it. when my oldest daughter was in eighth grade. I directed a show at their school called Live from. It was a Saint, uh, Catholic school. It was Live from St. George. It's Saturday um, night. Nice. And and uh, we just did sketches, sketches from Saturday Night Live. But we had four musicians. We had a bass player. We had a drummer. We had oh, two wow. guitarists, and one of the guitarists could sing. So I said, "We want you to be the musical guest. Can you guys do this?" And they formed their own band, and they did a punk version of "Hit Me with Your Best." No way. Oh, uh, nice. Hit me, baby, one more time. Britney <laughs> okay. Spears. So that was a song of their era, but they really punked it up. And it right. was so much fun. I mean, parents and grandparents were like bopping to it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. fun when you can reinterpret somebody else's classic piece of yeah. work and present it like yeah. that. So As I said uh, a while ago, if I can't have fun doing it, I'm not doing it. You know, I'm too old to have, you know the wrong attitude or be full of myself or anything like that. I just want to enjoy it. And that's, I think music is joy. It should be joy. Anyhow, if it's not, you're doing it wrong. That's right. That's right. Uh, a friend of mine said, said that about buying guitars. If you don't love it, don't buy it, you know? And that's if you don't like point. what you're doing, like I retired, I had my own pest control company for like, you know, 25 years, worked in the oh, industry wow. for 30 years. If I'd have done this 30 years ago, I, I might not have money. But yeah. boy, I love this. This is mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing that I'm retired. I put more time and more into this. But look who I get to talk to, man. Look what we're <laughs> talking about. We spent right? an hour, a half hour, 45 minutes, whatever, talking about music and, and hearing your stories. It's so much fun. It's awesome. So Jackson, Jackson, Michigan, where do you play mostly when you're out playing? Uh, we play a lot of the fairs and festivals, little side clubs, uh, you know, nothing, nothing major, really. Uh, I tell people around here, uh, I, I'm not really making a, a true run at this uh, full to, to go full time. It's just mm-hmm. we've got uh, our drummer's got four kids that are still at home and he's he's in his 30s. It's my nephew. And then yeah. uh, our bass player, he works a lot. Hours. So we're, we're busy a lot. And so I'm trying to juggle all those things. In fact, you had asked earlier about uh, things coming up and we just finished our last uh show last weekend for the year and i said we're going to take off the rest of the winter uh because it was just the stress levels of it and we're gonna we, we want to really focus on writing uh and and coming up with new material which we do all the time but the summer was so busy um the fairs and festivals around here i mean it, it was just non-stop for us again being weekend warriors and trying to <laughs> yeah. juggle everything else with it um, has been a that's that's been a skill I'm 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 reacquainting myself with I guess you could say. So speaking of songs and the song list that you sent me, it was real interesting. It's it's really eclectic, which gives us a good sense of who Bad Mojo Band is. Because uh, Crossroads is a great song, but it's really not one that you hear played nope. by cover bands. You know, it's not one you hear at the winery where people get up and dance to. Hard Times is original. So it's not one that people are going to say, oh, there's hard times by the mad 
the bad mojo band because if you haven't heard you guys, you're not going to know the song. And then you do hard to handle, which is such a, it's like a classic. It's almost like Mustang Sally. You got to play Mustang Sally. You got to yeah. play hard to handle. Yeah. You know, there's certain songs you got to play as a cover band. Mm -hmm. So it's a really cool uh, selection of music. So let's start with Crossroads. Does that make your regular rotation, your regular playlist? Oh, yeah. For a while, we opened with it. Um, and we, I think lately we've been opening with Blue on Black. But, uh, yeah, for Crossroads is a great tune. And it's just fun. And uh, and and for me, like, like you said, with the song choice, a lot of it has to do with uh, I like, you know, I, we'll do covers, but I like to do things and uh, mix it up. So, yeah. so, again, you might have something like going down. You know, uh, uh, but then, you know, the next one we'll do Planet Caravan by Black Sabbath, you know, and, and to shift it that way. Uh -huh. And, you know, because a lot of our crowd, we have everything, uh, these fairs, festivals, different places. Um, you'll generally have everything from eight year old kids to, you know, grandmas and grandpas, you know, people in their 70s. And, uh, you know, for me, I like a lot of music, a lot of different music. Um, and so I, I shift around a lot. And and so that's kind of how that is. If I don't like the song, I refuse to play it. It just, <laughs> that's, that's my one caveat. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna learn a song that I hate, you know, and I'm not gonna, you know, not, I mean, I love a lot of music, but, but, you know, or a song that's been done to death, you know, uh, yeah. I, I have a standing, no free bird. I love free bird. I love Skinner and we do some Skinner tunes, but yeah. I'll, you know, everybody play free bird. I said, no, no, no. How about, uh, we'll do, uh, uh, slow. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. like people say, uh, you know, Stairway to Heaven, and I'll say no, but here's, uh, you know, we do, um, oh, shoot. The Immigrant Song or Rock and Roll? Uh, we we actually do um, When the Levee Breaks. We got a great, oh, we would come cool. in and do yeah. When the Levee Breaks. But I twisted the arm of my drummer to do a sacrilegious thing, and he does a drum solo in the middle when the levee breaks, and he's always oh, oh. about it. But he's, a, he's an amazing drummer, and so uh, I said, uh, you talk me into Folsom Prism as a, prison is a punk rock song so you have to do a drum solo and, and levy and he said they'll murder me and i said nah you'll and he does he does a very uh, it's a very john you know bonham-esque i guess yeah, you could call yeah. It. so it, it definitely it surprises people in the middle of that song so uh there was a concert with crosby stills nash young and it might have been something he said on the four-way street or woodstock or something like that but uh he said that uh, David Crosby got up and he goes, we're going to play one more of our songs and then we're going to take a break. Then we're going to come back. And we'll play something we can boogie to. Okay. And, <laughs> yeah. and so it's like, I, I like that concept. And we did that for a while. I was in a cover band. We did that for a while. We did like our performance songs mm -hmm. up front because that's when people are starting to come in. They're starting to have a couple of drinks and they're still visiting with each other because they didn't come. It's not like they came to see us in concert. <laughs> they came right. to see us perform and visit with their friends and have drinks and have food and so on and so forth. So we did like our performance music and worked our way into, and that's what I thought this kind of like this crossroads is a great kickback. Listen, Oh my, these guys play crossroads. They're, it makes them listen and dial in and listen to your music yeah. because unless they came there specifically to hear you. Right. A lot of these places they're they're just here. To have. background noise right. until you win the crowd was that and, and it's uh, a great great way to win the crowd song like yeah that. it is was it gladiator the movie gladiator he said i'll win the crowd and so <laughs> i yeah. always love that that line from that and you know yeah. and it, it give me give me a chance i i can win you even if you you know but i mean we also live in an age where you got was it vince gill was playing with the eagles and right. you know for a while and john mayer was playing with the grateful dead after uh after jerry garcia right. Right. i mean right. you know i mean it's it's you know uh, it, it, it's, it's, we're in that area. I feel like it's, I don't want to use the term. It's okay, but it's, it's, 
you know, it can be a good thing to hear different versions of these songs. I call them interpretations. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to steal that. That's good. And we're going to listen to Bad Mojo Band's interpretation right now of a song called Crossroads, an old uh, uh, Robert Johnson. Yeah. A lot of people attribute it to Cream or or Clapton, but it was actually, it was way back, uh, Robert Johnson and uh, the song Crossroads. Joe Band here on the Music of America podcast and our guest Brad Farley. You know, we've all done this, right? You find that perfect tone you're looking for, and then the club owner comes up and says, um, you're, you're a little too loud. Could you turn that down? Then you have to change that which you've spent all evening trying to achieve, that tone. You know, that one where you're always in the sweet spot. Well, introducing the Lexi from Landry Amps. The Lexi is a 100-watt amp that has at its core a vintage plexi circuit. The Lexi has a rhythm crunch channel, a boosted lead channel, digital reverb, a tube buffered effects loop, depth control, an awesome voice switch. It has considerably more gain than a plexi does, 
at volumes that range from a whisper all the way to concert volumes and designed to be played at those lower volumes. The two channels each have their own gain and master volume control, but they share the EQ. So you can get that tone and just turn the volume down and you don't really lose the tone. It's really cool. It's the Lexi. And you can find it at Landry Amps. He's got a YouTube channel where he runs through all of his amps that he has for sale. The, but it's Landry Amps YouTube, and you can check him out on his website. It's www.landryamps.com. Brad Farley from the Bad Mojo Band. What's your rig? Brad, what do you play? For? Uh, I play these days through a, um, I just run my pedal board. I got about two or three pedals. I generally have four sometimes uh, through a uh, Mesa Boogie. I have a single 12. Uh, it's the old uh, single rectifier. I don't think they make the amp anymore. Um, no, I don't think they do. So, no, no. It's I've, and I've got the dual rectifier, but well, uh, you were just talking about uh, the things being too loud, and and a lot of these times, and PA's are so powerful nowadays that yeah. uh, half stack and all that stuff. It's just you know, and you know, uh, people see and decide you're too loud just seeing your amps. Something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. And that isn't that the truth? When they see you rolling stuff in, they're like. Now, wait a minute, how, how loud do you get? Because I used, to, I used to have a 412 cabinet uh, mm -hmm. that I, I used once in a while. Once in a while, you know. Yep. <laughs> and yep. uh, we roll into this place, and it had a 100-watt head on it, and it was a Koch, some Scandinavian something or another. And we'd roll in. I'm like, dude, I'm I'm second or third guitar. You know, I, I use that on maybe four songs. The rest of the time, I'm playing my acoustic plugged into, well, we just don't want you too loud. <laughs> too loud. <laughs> Believe me, I've done this more than a week now, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you said That's you guys are you're starting to do more writing and getting into more original mm -hmm. music. One of the songs we're going to hear is one of your original songs called Hard Times. Do you write that or do your nephews write with you? Do you all collaborate on it or do you each bring like your own songs or what? We usually start with a song. Um, I write and our drummer writes and sings also. Uh, we actually just got a couple songs that are getting ready to uh get done in the studio and uh so and then we, of course we all contribute musically what we write but uh i'll usually have a, a song completed or 90 percent and uh so hard times was a song i wrote you know after covid and everything that everybody was dealing with and you know everybody's losing jobs and and getting sick and people are dying and it's just a song about um about you know more or less uh, the the friend of mine that recorded it he said it it's a pretty bleak song when you think about it because there's a line in there that says even when good times come around like sunshine you know hard times come back around and uh i said well i said in my opinion we got to get these kids ready to understand the good times don't last you know the good yeah. times are there and that's great but hard times are a constant and I, and I really believed when i wrote that song that um you know, I believed in the message then, and I do now. Not that we should fear them, but that hard times are part of life. You know, yeah. and uh, so, but that's kind of how we we write. And as I say, and then and we're we're a, a different. Uh, you know, our, like I say, our drummers in his thirties, our bass players in his forties, and I'm in my fifties. So we have a nice mix, and our our bass player is awesome. He's got a, a great funk groove uh -huh. uh, when he when he plays. So we kind of have a good melding and and. Uh, my uh my drummer kind of comes from you know hard rock and metal so he brings uh it's great that's what i love about a band because you know you sit up in a room and make all your own music it sounds like one thing after a right. while but i love being influenced by everybody in a band or people from other bands you know so that's kind of how we do it 
interesting you said that. I had a I won't say their name because I don't want to besmirch their character, but I did have a band that sent me five different songs. And I could hardly tell the difference. You know, ah. like you listen to the intro and it sounds, you know, it's a little bit different. But if you jump ahead into a song and get into the body of the song, like, didn't I just hear that? I mean, literally, didn't yep. I just hear that? And, and <laughs> yeah. a lot of it, it's a, a conversation I had with Bill Landry uh, from Landry Amps. We had talking about tone. So when you get a tone that you're looking for, that's your tone. That's as much of a signature as you know, the, the eye piercing or the, you know, the beard or the, (laughs) you know, the the high heels or whatever. So maybe that's it. He, this, this band found their tone and it's, but I don't know, just, it sounded too much alike. Yeah. Too same. And and I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a writer. Like we talked earlier, I can play guitar, but I'm not a guitar player. I can write songs, but I'm not a songwriter. You know, I'm, I'm okay but I'm not good at it. So I just do it for pleasure and for fun. And, you know, especially at my age, <laughs> well, I think it's subjective too, brother. Cause you know what? Some people might listen to me and say, he's no good. So, you know, the story where I, I was telling you off, off camera about the buddy of mine, it says about guitar players, there's going to be somebody gooder than you and worse than you. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's art, right? It's subjective. Anyhow, it should yeah. be. Yeah. Oh, have you ever seen that picture of Story Story Night or whatever the guy is like this? Yep. I just saw a, a, a meme of this where the guy, I think it's called Story Night, and his hands are on his face and he says, look at that badly uh, badly drawn dog in those floppy ears. <laughs> and he, you can never look at that picture the same again. Yeah, I've, seen, I've seen that and you can't unsee it. It's one of those you things. You can't unsee it. Exactly. You look at it. Yeah. Well, rather than unhear, let's hear one of your originals, Hard Times, that we were just talking about. And uh, I like the message. I like the idea, though. It's uh, you're going to have hard times. Because some, uh, with a title like Hard Times, you can think of it's like one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But this is like, you're going to have hard times. Get ready for it. It's going to happen. But you don't have exactly. to bring it. You know, it doesn't have to keep you down. That's neat. So Brad Farley is his name. Bad Mojo Band is his game from Jackson, Michigan, here on the Music of America podcast and a song called Hard Times.
just a little advice Don't think I'm gonna tell you twice There ain't no free rides So when it all stops up again Find you till the end Jackson, Michigan, the Bad Mojo Band, and a song, an original called Hard Times. We'll get back with Brad Farley in a moment and talk about one of the cover songs that you just got to play if you're in a cover band. But first, I want to talk about River Ridge Farms. It's Vermont Recreation Lover's Dream, a gorgeous, gorgeous vacation rental nestled in the Green Mountains of Vermont. River Ridge Farms is an escape to everything wonderful that Vermont has to offer. This historic farmhouse is set atop 16 acres of fields. With mountainous views, a pasture, a pond, a tree-lined river frontage, go out and enjoy this beautiful, beautiful spot in the heart of the Green Mountain State, along with the nearby ski and mountain resorts, breweries, hiking, biking trails, snowshoe trails, other tourist activities. This spot is also unique due to its multiple mountain views and the resident farm animals. When you set up an appointment, talk to the host, the owner, Diana, about interacting with the pets. I took my grandson up there to, to meet the pigs. He's two and a half years old and he got to pet the pigs and he was the, the pun is he was in hog heaven. Okay. But it's a lot of fun just to interact with these pigs. They love to be pet. They love to be scratched. And and you don't have to do that. Just if you want, just enjoy a farm stay in this comfortable modern farmhouse. It sleeps 11 guests very comfortably. There's enough space here to throw an event like a wedding retirement party, New Year's Eve party, whatever, or just relax and rejuvenate in the beautiful Vermont landscape. So check them out, River Ridge Farms. If you look for them on Facebook, good luck, because there's a lot of River Ridge Farms out there. So you have to search by searching River Ridge Farms Jeffersonville. You can also find them through Airbnb, River Ridge Farms, Vermont's Recreation Lover's Dream. Mountainous and beautiful and as cold and snowy as Michigan can get, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. From Jackson, Michigan, we went through this. You're down, so you're almost actually in Indiana. So you're not as bad as like the Detroit folks that are uh, almost in Toronto, you know. Right, right, right. Uh, We were just down there in Port Huron last weekend, played a a showcase down there. And that was looking across the river at Canada. So we get we get out there. But yeah, yeah. we are. We're we're at at the bottom. We're at the palm. (laughs) Gotcha. So the Bad Mojo Band, what's your reach? How how far around the lakes area do you go or how far around the Midwest? Or do you just pretty much stay in Michigan or what? No, we play, uh, we'll play, we play, let's see, so far, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, uh, did some shows south of Chicago, uh, Illinois there. So uh-huh. we're trying to keep it, I'm trying not to drive any further than I have to, but you know, if the, the money's right and, you know, we'll go three, four hours. And so we've had, a, had you know, fair share of those. Uh, right. Well, <laughs> you, know, you got two band members but, that have kids, they have families, you know, 
and you've got grandkids, mm-hmm. so you've got responsibilities as well as Papa, right? Are you yep. Papa, Grandpa, yep, that's right. Papa? That's right. What, what do they call you? Uh, I'm Papa. My oldest uh, granddaughter named me, and she was the first, so that's it. Kind of, it kind of stuck. Okay. So I'm, I've been Papa for eleven years now. How about that? And aren't they fun? Oh, they're the Our best. That's why I say it's in the name. Regular kids, they're just kids. You have your kids, but then you have grandkids. It's the beginning. They're grand. So, I mean, right. it's a scripter. That's what I tell my kids all the time. I I used to think that the bumper sticker was so corny. If I knew grandkids were this much fun, I'd have had them first. Had them first, yep. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Have grandkids. Have grandkids. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like yep. If you get they're kids, awesome. if you have kids, have them get married soon. <laughs> And start <laughs> yeah. procreating so that yeah. you, it's it's very selfish of me to say this, but I don't care. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. They're the best though. We've got them. We've got them over. I'm watching some couple of my grandkids later today. They're, yeah. they're, they're awesome. Make life worth living, I think. So when, when Johnny Lee Hooker was playing, when he was out and doing shows and Buddy Guy was in his heyday, Johnny Lee Hooker used to hang a banner that said, no Mustang Sally. Okay. <laughs> yeah. On the movie Wayne's World, he's there and he's playing on the guitar and he looks no up. Stairway. It says, No Stairway to Heaven. And I just recently saw a, a meme, something along that same lines. It says, No Come As You Are by Nirvana. Ah, okay. Yep. Yep. So these are all songs that you brought up, Freebird, songs that cover bands almost have to play. You know, maybe mm-hmm. not so much Stairway to Heaven, but, you know, the others. And the one that fits right in there with that is the next song of yours. We're going to play Hard to Handle. A one-hit wonder, and everybody mm-hmm. wants it. So, well, first, do you ever get tired of it? No, because to me, I kind of came hard to hard to handle when I was younger. I always say it's Otis Redding via the Black Crows, you know, or by way of the Black Crows, you know, and that's that's the, the introduction there. So, again, and being, you know, Coming up, I was born in uh, the '70s and came up in the late '70s and '80s. So, you there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of covers then that were going on, but big big name popular yeah, covers. Yeah. So the Black Crows had that; it was a hit. And of course, being a dumb kid and saying, "Oh, this is a Black Crows tune," and having you know older people that said, "No, no, that's not." They didn't write that. And then I didn't under- know that until today. So now I'm an old guy. That's just <laughs> that, that's an old Otis song then. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, realizing, but, but, you know, again, it all goes back to Chuck Berry. It all goes back to, you know, and then mm-hmm. whether you're, whether you're copping from, you know, Mozart or Paganini, whoever you're, you know, whatever the argument can be made. I mean, I think even the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So you, you, you kind of make your way, you got to make your peace with that and then put your thumbprint on it. And Hard to Handle is just a fun song. It's a great song. And uh, it's like another song we do uh, by the Georgia Satellites, Keep Your Hands to Yourself. Keep your hands and to yourself. Yeah, I always preface it by saying this is the song my wife wishes she would have sang to me, but she didn't. So, (laughs) (laughs) and the whole crowd thinks it's hilarious, and she just did that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Tom laughed too. The 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 upside to this song, hard to handle, is you always get people moving. If you get a dead crowd out there that that are just looking for a reason to dance, this is one of the songs. Georgia Satellites, another one. Keep your hands yourself, another one that's like that. Uh, Shaken by Eddie Money. Another yeah, one that's yeah. like that, that that you play these songs and all of a sudden you've got people on the dance floor. I'm, I'm, I picture like these wineries where people are sitting around and trying mm-hmm. having a glass of wine. They're visiting with their friends and everybody brought like a casserole dish or some bean dip or something. But then that <laughs> song plays and next thing you know, you got 10, 20 people up on the dance floor. Almost always. Yeah. Almost always. 
What uh, do you do anything to make it your own? To make it uniquely uh, a Bad Mojo's version of Hard to Handle? I would say probably it's just the tone. Um, you know, I, I sing it a bit differently, and that's just you know, you, you you have the instrument vocally that you that you're born with that you that you work with, and so yep. you have that. And then we're probably a bit heavier tone than the Black Curls, or obviously Otis Redding. But um, and again, going back to the earlier, we have a pretty unique sound as a band because uh, one of the biggest compliments we get uh, almost every time when people hear us for the first time is you guys have a huge sound for a trio. And a lot of that comes from uh, the, just the fact that, you know, live, uh, we're, we're, we're kind of always moving our, 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 the rhythm section, our drummer, you know, Joel, our bass player, Russ, there, we, we I always kind of put it as we're all, our parts come together, but everybody's free to play, you know, it's almost like a little bit of a jazz thing in there. And then, but it's heavy. And I guess yeah. it's, 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 it's own. My hope is that it's a, it's an, a little bit of an original sound, but, but also something that's familiar, you know, like that you, like an old, you know, coat that you always reach for and that, you know, people say, Oh, I know this, but Oh, that's different. And I think that's probably how we put our fingerprint on it is more. I don't think we changed that one up a whole lot other than it's just us and it's our sound. Well, as the saying goes, I was today years old when I learned that it was a notice Redding song, but uh, now we're going to call it a bad mojo band song. Their version of Hard to Handle here on the Music of America podcast. Baby, here I am, I'm a man on the scene. I can give you what you want, but you got to come home with me. I have got some good old loving and I got some more in store. When I get to throwing it on you, you got to come back for more. All them things that come by the dozen, that ain't nothing but a drugstore love. You pick a little thing, let me light your candles, and mama, I'm to show all the hand and now you see. Oh, action, speaking loud and work, and I'm a man of great experience. I know you got another man, but I can love you better than him. Take my hand, don't be afraid, I'm gonna prove every word I say. I'm advertising the full piece of the place you're where we be. All them things that come out of the that ain't nothing but drugstore love. And pretty little thing, let me light your candles, oh mama, I'm sure to handle now, yes, I really. Sit hard, hard to handle now. I'm sure all the Hannah now you're surrounded. On, on the Hannah now. 
yeah. bad mojo band, hard to handle. Not really. Been a pretty good conversation, right, Brad? <laughs> yeah, Brad Farley is our guest. Awesome. I mean, the time flies, man. I, I, I do these interviews and I'll look and I'm like, okay, well, I got to get this and this and this. And I'll look up at the clock and it's like five minutes later, we're almost done. I'm like, what the, where'd the time go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It flies by. Well, this is the segment of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. And you said something about uh, doing more writing in 2024. Have you guys done studio recording yet? Or is that something that's on the horizon? We're finishing up now. We're on, in mixed down of a couple new songs. Uh, you know, a song. Um, we, we've done it earlier in the year, but things have just been so crazy. The mixed down kind of got pushed off. Uh, a song called Finally Home. Uh, should be dropping pretty soon as in like the final phases. And that's a song uh, we're talking about being eclectic in the taste. And so that's actually a love song uh, pretty much, but it's in my, I wrote it about my wife. Uh, and uh, so that when, <laughs> when you hear that song, it's, it's a, it's a little softer, but it's almost got a little bit of a, but it's, again, it's still heavy. It's strange. But then uh, our drummer wrote a song called consequence and that one's getting ready to drop uh, after that will be after that. And so um Again, the great thing about uh, being in a band and especially this band at this time in my life is that, uh, you know, I, I wanted to be in something where everyone could work together, but also be free to create. And so uh, our drummer, he's he, he writes great, great stuff and our bass player writes great parts and great music. And so, um, yeah, we're getting ready to those will drop uh, hopefully in the next few weeks. Uh, I was hoping to have them before this, but this hasn't worked out. That's right. Life happens. Life gets in the way, Papa. <laughs> or Pop. Hey, you're not wrong, sir. Papa, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. shameless self-promotion. Where do we find you? Where do we find your music? Where do we find your merch? How do we support okay. you as a listener? Well, you can look us up on our website. It's uh, bandmo badmojoband.com. And there are a few other Bad Mojo bands out there. I did not know that when I, we started the band. But uh, I stuck to it because Bad Mojo was a handle I had from way back in the day. Uh, when I first heard, uh, uh, you know, got my mojo working, mojo my working. and, uh, I always was fascinated with that concept of there's good mojo and that everything's working for you. I feel like sometimes I got the bad mojo where nothing works at all. And so, uh, it was, a even, I think it was an Xbox handle for me for the longest time and just, really? uh, oh yeah. Yeah. The gamer tag or whatever. Yeah. I used that one when my kids got me into playing Xbox with them. And so it's we, been may have battled, we may have done battle before because that name sounds really familiar. You, you probably you probably have heard it. Uh, I didn't know there were I mean, there's not a ton, but there's at least five or six in the U.S. I think Bad Mojo Bands. And okay. uh, so. So, yeah, but you can find us on badmojoband.com. If you just look up just Bad Mojo, you may come across. But I think we're the only one in Michigan. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, then you can also find us on uh, Facebook. Uh, the band has a Facebook. And I believe uh, there may be some other uh social media my wife handles all that because i'm a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to technology so i was um, just gonna say man we could, we have to give rebecca a shout out man because she yeah she put this whole thing together for us absolutely you. my wife uh rebecca farley she's the brains and that's what even their other guys in the band they'll say yeah, somebody will say can you guys play such and such and they'll point they'll say the woman with the calendar right over there because she's at most of the shows and because uh, yeah. i'm the worst i'll say oh the 20 whatever yeah we can play that and she's like she's Shaking her head. Oh, you can't. 
<laughs> she keeps us honest and on time. Yeah, and I, I used to do that with... same thing. I swear to God, we're twins. I used to do the same <laughs> thing. It's like, hey, can we have you guys back here next week? Well, next week, yeah, sure, why not? My ex-wife would be like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I tried to get my wife to get on here and say hi, but she's 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 a little shy right now. But uh, well, tell but her yeah. that's okay. Tell her it's audio only because I have the face for radio. <laughs> I think I do too, brother. But yeah, yeah. So uh, and then going into twenty twenty four, we're we are taking bookings. Uh, we we've got a bunch of stuff kind of already on the horizon. We just did a showcase, as I was saying, about in Port Huron, which is the last show of the year. We decided not to take anything through the holidays. Basically, I didn't want to lose my drummer, and he said, "Look," so I said, "Okay, we'll stop." But uh, going into twenty twenty four. Um, that showcases uh, should open up a lot for us more than we've done. So I don't know. I'll ask you a question, Tom. I know it's probably not the format, but uh, have you ever been in a band where getting too many gigs is a problem? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. My, I'm my not alone in this. Well, my, my cover band uh, was called Modern Vintage. So John and I were in our 50s and the youngsters were the modern guys. So we were the vintage and they were the modern. Well, ah, I like it. They were all 20-ish. And so their friends were all having 21st birthday parties. And they weren't able to go celebrate because in Missouri, you drink legally at 21, right? Uh, so they were missing Missouri. out. We were They wanted to play. So I was booking Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sunday afternoon gigs. And they were getting upset because we were playing too much music. I'm like, you guys <laughs> want to play out? Yep. Yeah, but we're missing all of these 24, 21st birthday parties. Yep. I'm like, well... Do you want to be a musician or do you want to go party? Well, we want to do both. <laughs> right, right. A solution is to have the 21st birthday parties at wherever we're playing a gig. There's an option. There you go. There but, you go. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah, that we, was that, that's why we broke up because they were, oh. you know, by then they were over, you know, they're all past that 20, 21 year old hump. Yeah. But the, just the fact that they were spending their weekends playing music and, you know, if you get mm -hmm. a, a seven o'clock show, you're at the house at five, you know, because everything was done at my house. We're, we're doing a loadout at five yep. and we get to the gig. And if it was a farther distance gig, then, you know, you got to get there earlier. We played a, a wedding that was an hour and a half away. So yeah, you know, yep. and then we got there, we had to load up, set up and then get dressed because you don't want to be hauling equipment. It was a wedding. You didn't want to show up just in, you know, torn up blue jeans and a, you know, Nirvana t-shirt or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I think I think our worst one this year, not worse. It was great. It was a great experience, but we were playing a Jeepathon that it had us play and provide music, and so that was a five-hour gig, and we were already worn out. We got a call. My my little brother's in a band, and uh, he called me, and he was out somewhere. But a friend of his says, "There, look, they need a band for uh, pets for vets," and I'm uh, I try to do anything I can to support vets. So he said they need three hours of music this evening. So we finished the Jeepathon and packed up everything and ran over and did it played in uh you know the pets for vets thing and it was a good cause and, and everything but it was just a, we played like eight and a half hours a day and then we were we played uh i think the the day before the which was the friday so it was just yeah so that was where i was i was like well i'm i can't be the only one and, and right. that's the juggling that i'm doing. like say you want to play out you want to you want to be busy but uh man i mean it's 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 finding that thread in the needle is what i call it yeah yeah, it's a balance. Like, in like Karate Kid, you know, must have that balance. You know, <laughs> gotta have it, Daniel. Son, <laughs> Brad, thanks so much, Brad Farley, our guest from the Bad Mojo Band here from Jackson, Michigan. Up next, we wrap up our visit to Michigan with a man named Mike Morales.
You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.